Hello and welcome to Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. That's me. And my guest today is George Went. And hi, George. Hi. So uh, I'm, I'm so excited that you're here. I've been trying to do this for a long time and I have unsuccessfully um, gotten you because you work. I cannot believe how much you work. Um, was this... All right, I'm interrupting you already, which is not good form. George, when you, what was the dream when you were a kid? You grew up in Chicago. Was the dream to be an actor, to be a comedian? What, what did you want to do? I had no idea ever until I was about 23. Really? No, no idea what I wanted to do. As a matter of fact, you know, my, my father badgered me and hectored me for. I don't know when he started in with that, but uh, he uh, probably, you know, when I was in college and I had, I just like, nope, I just don't, I don't. It was uh, vexing. Uh, so uh, I just. I mean, uh, like no clue at all. Like you had no aspiration at all. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I, I just, I didn't want to do anything. Um, and I, I, I was just really stumped and, uh, he said, what is your goal in life? And eventually, after, you know, years of this, I said, my goal is to someday have a goal in life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did your father do for a living? He was, uh, uh, he started out in real estate. Yeah. And uh, then he um, sort of morphed into just um, looking after his uh, investments. Wow, nice, nice gig if you can get it. Yeah. Um, and so he wasn't really doing a whole lot then. It seemingly it didn't look like it, I guess. It oh no, he was he was super super busy. He had a he he was also in the Navy Reserve. Uh, he was you know that was sort of a, a hobby, I guess. Uh, you know he went to his meetings once a week, and you know he'd gone active duty now and then. You know this is since World War Two. He would you know, stayed on for like uh, in the reserves for probably 30 years or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, yeah, but you know, it, he was a hard worker. He knew was, he wanted to make money. Was he strict with you yes. being yes. A, a service person? Um, well, he wasn't strictly a service person, no pun intended. He, <laughs> uh, he uh, you know, that was just sort of a, a hobby for him you know it was right. something that he he enjoyed his time in the navy during world war ii and then he was just in in business in this real estate world that got turned upside down um in our neighborhood um and so he uh just sort of uh, as i said morphed into uh investing how it got turned upside down how so well, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, it's a touchy subject. Um, uh, and that's why my dad got out. Um, because uh, in those days, in the mid 60s, um, he, you know, in the south side of Chicago, where I grew up, um, if, if you uh, broke up a block, if you sold to uh, a black couple, um, mm -hmm. you uh, got a brick through your window and uh, 
you know, you say, oh, you're breaking up the, the neighborhood. And if you didn't sell, to, you know, to black people, you got a brick through your window saying you honky racist. So he just sort of bailed on, on all of it. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a really interesting time, you know, all these social programs of uh, uh, LBJ's Great Society, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, all these uh, African-Americans were, uh, you know, better. They started qualifying for loans. To, for decades, they had just lived in, uh, you know, rentals, uh, tenements, right. apartments, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they qualified for like Chicago Housing Authority loans and Veterans Administration loans and uh, Federal Housing Authority loans. So, and so all of a sudden they're buying houses and, and uh, all these um, white people in, in my neighborhood ran for the hills. It was, it was weird, really profoundly weird. And, you know, uh, it still is. <laughs> it still is indeed. Were, were you, we grew up at a time when, were you political when you were? No, not at all. No. I was too clueless, really. So no yeah. ambition, not political. So were you drinking beer, George? What were you what were you doing back no, then? No, no, I went to a I went to a very strict uh boys uh boarding school uh for oh, wow. um for high school, yeah, Jesuit boarding school in Wisconsin. And um, you know, so we, I didn't I, you know, the worst thing I did was, you know, ran in the corridor or um, <laughs> didn't didn't put the the, the toothpaste top uh, on my toothpaste. You know, I was I was public enemy number one. <laughs> so, so you were a good kid, huh? Yeah, I was a good kid, and then uh, then I got to college, and uh, uh, you know, had what I considered freedom uh and so i completely blew that you know i just okay so what did that look like oh, okay so i read i i heard uh tell us about your gpa in college george <laughs> well um i i uh i had a solid 2.0 uh from my freshman and sophomore years and then junior year i moved <laughs> off campus and uh because that was, you know, what I figured was the cool thing to do, but I didn't think it through. I I didn't have a car, and it was freezing cold. South Bend, Indiana. You know, I went to Notre Dame, and, and that's where my dad went. You know, so it was where I was supposed to go. Right. And, uh, and so um, I, uh, you know, when it was freezing cold, I did, I wasn't going to hitchhike to class. I wasn't going to take the bus. So I just didn't go to classes. And I didn't, uh, I didn't go to any tests or exams, and I got a 0.00 for the uh, f- my first semester of junior year. It was real Bluto, Blutarski uh, stuff. <laughs> your father must have been so proud. So, well, so what was that? What did your parents think of that? Well, you know, looking back, it was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, probably an act of separation. This is decades later. It occurred to me it was probably separation from my dad, mm-hmm. and if I had been um, a little more uh, of a of a man, you know, I would have done something significant like burn my draft card or something. 
But instead, I was passive aggressive and just flunked out of his alma mater, which, you know, caused him no end of, you know, grief. And um, so, you know, it was awful. And what was your major, George? If you didn't know what you wanted to do, what what did you major in? I don't know. Econ, (laughs) you know, like, because what, like, what do you do? Well, economics, yeah, it might be good for business someday. But I really, uh, honestly, I was the most clueless human being on the planet. This is not a good message we're putting out there that you can flunk <laughs> out with a 0.0 and end up as a six-time Emmy nominee. This is not a good message we're giving. <laughs> it but- is not. It's, it's not. You know, I, I did a, uh, I was given a doctorate, uh, honorary doctorate from- Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like a, a small college in my neighborhood uh, where I grew up um, saying, St. Xavier's University, I believe it's called now. And um, uh, my speech was all about, take your time, you know, find out what you want to do, have fun, that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, that's what I did. I took my time after, well, I eventually went back to college, um, a different school, Rockhurst College in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, then you know, um, then I just still had no idea what to do. And okay, wait, what what may, what motivated you to go back? If you if you didn't know what you wanted to do, what motivated you to go back to school? I had to get out of the house. <laughs> That's- I had to. I was sitting home for like a semester. <laughs> oh, this is seriously bullshit. You know, my parents are just sweating me out twenty four seven. I can't I can't deal. I got to get away. And, um, but so, and then I graduate and I go back home and I, still nothing, nothing, nothing. What are you going to do, do, do with your life, 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 life? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I know. And okay, wait, so, are you funny? Are you don't know what you want to do? You don't have motivation, but are you the fun? Are you the class clown? Are you the funny kid in school? I was not the class clown. I was never a class clown, but I, observed the class clowns and stole from all of them. Yay. I'm okay. a compendium of, uh, of every class clown I ever went to school with. <laughs> okay. we, we were, uh, I was doing a show in New York and uh, the, uh, one day a, a grade school classmate came to see the show and uh, we went out after the show and, and the, my castmates said, Hey, what was George like? Was in grade school? Was he crazy? And, and this woman goes, "He never opened his mouth." Wow. Interesting. I guess you know, whatever. But, but that anyway. that definitely prepared you because when you turn to improv, you're using all that stuff that you were watching, right? All those years, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, but a friend of mine said, what, uh, he said, what, what are you doing? And uh, he was in med school, of course. And I was like, ah, nothing. Absolutely. I'm working in my dad's office. I'm, you know, like an office boy, I'm making Xeroxes and running to the bank for d- deposits and going out for lunch for people. I was like a PA right. in, in a real estate office. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, my friend said, oh, you don't know what you want to do? I go, no, no idea. He goes, oh, I know what you do. What, what, what? So you go to Europe. I said, what do you mean? 
yeah, just get it, get a backpack and uh, buy a round trip ticket, to, uh, uh, Icelandic, 165 bucks round trip from New York to Luxembourg, and uh, just uh, camp out and uh, see how long you can stay there. So I stayed. I stayed. Wait, <laughs> so you did this? I did. I went for the better part of two years. Yeah. And what did you do while you were there? Nothing. Nothing. You're really good at doing just, nothing. Just looked around. I'm really good at it. No, um, but you're not anymore because now you do a lot. You've done a lot since, but. Yeah. Yeah. But what I, all I just do is sit there anyway. I'm so <laughs> good. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, I just, I, just uh, I looked around. I looked around Europe and slept on the side of the road and uh, met up with pals. And um, you know, we would all travel together and and you know that sort of thing. And but it gave me time, the gift of time, which brings me back to my speech to the kids at Saint Xavier's. Like, if you don't know what you want to do, go to Australia, go to South America, go go to Asia, go to Europe. Just go and wow. if you can do it and uh you know i was really fortunate that i could do it you know it's different for women you know girls you know yes. you can't it's a different world you can't just sleep on the side of the road like i was doing mm -hmm. you know living uh off you know lemons we would nick off <laughs> trees in their front yard and and uh lemons and hashish and uh that was that was how we rolled so what turned the light on George? What, what happened that, what, what possessed you to want to go to second city? I literally used the process of elimination. <laughs> My money was running out and I thought like, uh, I gotta, I, I gotta do something. And I did take a course in college where, um, it was, we were studying, uh, I think it was an ethics or logic or I forget some philosophy course. We're studying uh, Karl Marx's theory of alienation, and um, it, it uh, you know, now in, in Marx's thing, you know, it was sort of like, you know, the workers shouldn't be alienated from the means of production. It should be they should be invested in that and stuff. But I took it as like I, I didn't want to do something that I that I would hate really, that I didn't want to do. I, I didn't want to be alienated from who I was. And uh, so I thought, okay, what what wouldn't I hate? Um, <laughs> what wouldn't I hate? It's like, you know, policemen, <laughs> no, doctor, I'd hate that. But, you know, uh, scientist, out of the question. Uh, teacher, <laughs> no. Uh, salesman, no, I'd hate that. Fireman, cowboy, you know, like yeah. literally made a list and I would, everything, I would hate everything, except for, for, I did, my sister brought me to see Second City uh, when I was in college. And I, mm -hmm. I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I thought, wow, you know, if I could do that, I bet I wouldn't hate it. And I was pretty sure they got paid. And, um, so uh, when eventually, when the money did run out, I wait. Uh, did you wait? Did you have job jobs through till this time? Uh, I I would when I ran out of just, money. Just working for your dad was that your job job? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, okay. I had I did 
I had a construction job for not very long. <laughs> and, um, uh, was there? No, that was about it. Um, and mostly just the, what if I ran out of dough, I would go back and, you know, I was fortunate, you know, like I said, you know, I, I had a job, my dad would put me on for whatever, 100, 120 a week or something. And I lived at home for free. So that was good. So it was in no time I could save up a thousand dollars and um, go back to Europe. You know, it'd be like, wow. okay, so I'll, let's see, it's getting cold. I think I'll winter in Spain. And now, uh, did you really do that? Yes. Holy crap. Wow. And, you know, if it was too cold in Spain, we'd go down to Morocco and Algeria and Tunisia. Wow. Sicily. And, you know, we, we were mostly hanging around the south there because uh, it was warmer and we were sleeping on the side of the road. Were you really? You didn't even go to youth hostiles? You, you didn't do any of that? Camping? Campgrounds? No, they had those youth hostiles, didn't they? Oh, like, yeah. No, you, no, huh? Uh, I stayed in a youth hostel uh, once in Amsterdam. Uh, mm -hmm. It was better. Um, campgrounds were better, but with campgrounds would cost some money, you know, but if we needed a shower and we couldn't find a public bath or something, um, we would uh, check into a campground for a night, and, you know, but uh, it really, we didn't, you know. You were literally living on the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we're in Morocco, we, we were living, uh, we had a van. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, and, uh, but only two guys were sleeping in the van. The guys who owned the van would sleep there. And uh, me and the other guys would uh, sleep on the ground, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, there, you know, there were these caves um, in Morocco um, on the beach in Essaouira sort of uh, go to Marrakesh and hang a right to the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, that was Essaouira. And, uh, you know, we'd stay, we'd just stay for weeks and weeks. And, you know, there had to be a lot of pot smoking going. I'm, I'm assuming there had to be a lot of pot smoking going on. Come on, yeah. you're in Amsterdam. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amsterdam, Morocco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Uh <laughs> Okay, yeah. so so you were doing that. How old are you when you're doing this traveling to Europe thing? Uh, 23, 22, 23, 24. Okay, that's going on for a while. So now, so, okay, right. so what, so what changes? The money runs out and I go back home and mm -hmm. I call Second City because that was what I thought. Okay, if I could do that, I wouldn't hate it. And I inquired about the workshop. I call the box office. They love that. Uh, you, I heard you had workshops for uh, improvisation. Yeah, what's your address? We'll send you a flyer. And so uh, I told them a couple of days later, I get in the mail, uh, 13 weeks, 85 bucks uh, with Josephine Forsberg. And- uh, Had you done any drama, any plays, any anything in school? Nothing nothing no. so green completely green and um it was so i liked it i went and i liked it and it was then the first time i ever ever applied myself to any task was uh, the improv workshops did you jump in with both i mean do, did you become passionate about it 
I did. And, um, you know, I didn't tell a soul. Really? I didn't tell, I did not tell my closest friends. I didn't tell my family. No. I would just disappear on Tuesday nights um, <laughs> and uh, go downtown and take these workshops. Um, and, you know, because I, I didn't want, if it, if it didn't work out, I didn't want people to say, hey, uh, well, what, what, Mr. Second City, I thought, what, what happened there? Did you, did that work out? And, no, it didn't, you know, I didn't want, didn't want to face that. So I just didn't tell a soul. Wow. And then, you know, I got invited to uh, do some, you know, showcase things uh, with, with that group. And uh, did that happen so, after your first go round of classes or were you doing it for a while? Uh, after, after about a year. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, then my sister uh, happened to see uh, who brought me there in the first place. She happened to see a, a like a good poster out in front of Second City for the children's show, which I was a part of. And uh, so she didn't tell, uh, she told the family, but didn't tell me that everybody knew what I was up to. And wow. it was, you know, it was, it was stupid, but it's, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it that way. And and, um, you know, I had fun, a whole bunch of new friends, you know, uh, actually my closest friend in the workshop, um, was, uh, Brandon Tartikoff. Okay. Uh, that's crazy right I know. there. I know. Oh my God. I can't even picture him doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea what, you know, what he was all about. Um, you know, he was just my buddy from workshops wow. and, um, and so there was these uh, showcases that the workshops would have for um, some of the more experienced students. And um, I was too green to be involved, but I wanted to be involved, but too green to be on stage. Same with Brandon. So uh, he volunteered to uh, run like, you know, sell coffee and cupcakes and shit. And, and I volunteered to, uh, Put up the folding chairs and break them down afterwards for the audience. It was in a church, you know, nearby Second City. And uh, one, there was this magnificent show. And uh, afterwards, everyone's, you know, looks super pumped. And I'm breaking down the chairs, and Brandon's breaking down the coffee and and muffins. And um, and uh, he says to me. George, one of these days, it's going to be me and you up there. And, uh, you know, who knew that, you know, wow, it'd be us in front of, you know, 50, millions of people and people. Yeah. Wow. What were there? Who were the stars of Second City when you were green and coming up? Oh, my God. I loved them so much. It was um, uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Uh, Harold Ramis, Joe Flaherty, wow. um, uh, Judy Morgan, Eugenie Ross Lemming, um, uh, John Belushi. Wow. So <laughs> how, how did you transit? Okay, so did you audition to get become part of the company or did you just get kind of grandfathered in? How did that work? Yeah, I, I auditioned to... Uh, you know, I was involved in in the, in the workshops, and of course, and Josephine says, you know, I think you might be ready for the children's show. 
And I go, oh my God, that'd be awesome. And so she says, yeah, why don't you show up uh, Sunday at 11, 11 in the morning? And I was like, oh, you can show at like 2.30 or something? She goes, yeah, just come at 11. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, 11 o'clock, I'm like, what the hell? So I'm ringing the doorbell <laughs> and uh, eventually she comes downstairs and uh, uh, she hands me a broom and a dustpan. And uh, I'm like, what, uh, what do I, she goes, welcome to the theater, kid. And, uh, <laughs> what, what my job was, was to, uh, you know, sweep up the cigarette butts and the, uh, and because the, the, the night porter, he didn't come in until, you know, after the children's show. So there was the second show on Saturday night. You know, they, people were slobs. You know, they just, there's cigarette butts everywhere. And, um, you know, cocktail glasses. And so I had to clean all that shit up. Um, for, so the little kitties didn't have to sit there. You know, I mean, it smelled of stale beer anyway. And, um, <laughs> but I was thrilled. And uh, then there was an audition for the touring company. And uh, uh, I, I was excited and uh, I, I went to a White Sox game the night before and got beat up in a bar fight. And so I was a little puffy the next day. <laughs> oh, God. Your audition? Yeah, yeah, oh, my nice. audition. I was like, you know, it was, yeah. So I did not. I did not get in on the first uh, audition, but <laughs> then I, uh, I had subsequent auditions and got into the touring company in 74 and uh, between the touring company and the resident company and Toronto and uh, back to the touring company and, you know, back to the resident company again, or quitting and getting fired. And, you know, so six years later, uh, I finally left of my own volition. George, do you remember any of your early character or your first character do that you created? Um, was it that way or was it just improv where you were going in and out of situations? Did you create characters? Did you have? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like um, sort of a groundling situation where character is king. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we can go on, you know, the differences, uh, yeah. the, the, but um, uh, you just figure out stuff uh, through, uh, you know, you improvise it after the, it's a set show, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sketches that are, you know, fairly tightly scripted. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you, you uh, improvise afterwards and those shows, you know, the sketches that work in, in an improv basis, you sort of fine tune those over the course of a, f a few months, and then you open up a new show. It's a real self-generating, you know, material. But, you know, probably the most uh, memorable of my uh, early uh, characters was the first test tube baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Yeah. So. And how did you do that? Well, it was, uh, you know, um, the late Don DiPolo and our director, Del Close, wrote a, a song um, 
uh, when they were inspired by the birth of the first test tube baby in England. <laughs> and uh, so we thought they would write a song about that. And they said, but DiPaolo insisted that I would have to be the test tube baby. So, um, <laughs> so uh, there I was in a tasteful little sunsuit with a bonnet. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, it, was, it was, you know, sort of a show closer, or, you know, it was a big, big hit character thing. I actually saw a video of that today. You were on, oh my uh, God. you were on Jen Candy's uh Oh, right. on the couch with candy or something and she yeah. showed that that clip i just had the oh, yeah. picture of you with the bonnet i didn't realize you were test tube baby <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god so okay so that brings up a good point you have done you have sang and danced and starred on broadway in hairspray in elf the musical Do, were you, where did you did you sing? You didn't. You didn't learn singing. No. You didn't take dance. Well, how did you get? How did you do this? Well, it started with hairspray, really. Um, and you know, I lucked into that because, you know, that after a while, you know, there's just not that many out gay men who are middle aged and obese. Um, <laughs> you know, after Harvey, you know, like. <laughs> They got Bruce Valange. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it was down to me. You know, there were several guys, there were several guys in between. Uh, Michael McKean, uh, amongst them, he's not obese, but he, he wore the fat suit well. And, um, uh, you know, some other fellows. Um, but um, <laughs> it was, you know, I, I don't sing and I don't dance, but I will... I will, however, do what I'm told. So I, you know. Wow. Did yeah. you sing and dance in, in at, at Second City? Well, us, you did the test, yeah. baby, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would, all, there would always be a couple of musical numbers in every uh, sort of a review we would put up, you know, each show. Um, so, you know, I did that. And, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Hairspray was seven song and dance numbers for Edna. What? It was crazy. <laughs> in it's, high heels. Oh my, and and, and and a bra and a corset and all of that stuff, I assume. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, it strikes me, George, that you're kind of fearless. I mean, just the getting and going to Europe with nothing and being on the side of the road and then auditioning for Second City and, and then singing and dancing on Broadway with no training. Do you consider yourself a courageous person? Because I do. I, I never really thought of it like that. And I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. You know, I, it is a compliment. I, I, I knew I was clueless. <laughs> uh, I guess fearless, uh, you know, cluelessness can lead to fearlessness if you just, uh, you know, are lucky. Are, uh, has anything scared you along this path this career path we... oh yeah death of a salesman okay you just recently did death yeah, of a salesman. Just recently and it was like with two weeks rehearsal it was oh wow really and i was overmatched it, it you know it, that guy willie loman never shuts up <laughs> after, really 
And half the time he's, he's talking to people who aren't even there and he's in a scene with other people who are there. It's, it's a mind boggling, uh, it's, a, it's an awesome, uh, you know, uh, role. You really gotta bring your A game. And, uh, you know, I could have used uh, another six weeks rehearsal at least. You know, by I the time we closed, I, I was just about ready to open it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's not true, but I can't believe you did that with two weeks rehearsal. That's. I know. And you didn't have dramatic training either in your past. Did you? No, no, just the improv, really. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so. Okay, so you're doing seconds, you're doing the Second City stuff. How does that segue to coming to LA and doing television? I know you had small parts on Taxi and on um, Soap. How did that happen? How did that start for you? Well, <clears throat> um, Bernadette uh, got a, a, a pilot mm -hmm. that shot in LA. Um, she was a Second City actress, also did other Chicago theater as well. Okay, and, for those that don't know, Bernadette right. is George's wife. You guys have been together for a lot of, how many years, George? Together 45, married 43. Unbelievable. And you met at Second City? Yeah. Okay. When I got fired the first time. What did you get fired for? Sucking. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. What, yeah. Why did you get, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it happens. It's, it was, you know, it, it happens. And, you know, then I quit once and got hired back. You know, it's, a, it's one of those places, you know. Um, anyway. <laughs> so wait, when you got fired for sucking, how did you get back in? Oh, well, they didn't want me to leave, to like leave the building. They, they said, um, look, we, we think you've been playing it safe. We want you to like... Um, go back in the touring company. We've got a lot of work. We, we've, uh, you know, you'll do fine. And, uh, we, you know, we want you to just, you know, loosen up. I really, I, I needed to mature, frankly. It, it was smooth sailing up until you know, when I start from when I started to when I got fired. And um, so, you know, it, it, it was too smooth. So this is the first hiccup in my uh, career in which, you know, I didn't even, you know, think of it in terms of career. I just wanted to be in Second City. And now it was all crashing down. And uh, when you like were in I Second said, City, I'm sorry to interrupt you. When you were in Second City, George, did you start to have aspirations beyond that? Well, then after like, I mean, this is how fucking dumb I was. <laughs> I literally, I, 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 it was at least two years before I thought, like, well, I guess I'm an actor, I, I guess, you know, and, you know, it just was, uh, I was so dumb. And, <laughs> but you're uh, also watching people from the company going off and getting like Belushi and people are going yeah. off and they're getting things, right? Yeah, no, I, that's true. And, and also, you know, people from, you know, the Chicago media uh, people would, would always be at Second City seeing the shows and right. hanging out. So, you know, there would be, uh, you know, people, um, you know, they, like people from Leo Burnett would come and then they'd hire us all to do like, um, 
you know, uh, commercial campaign or something. And so, uh, yeah, well, you're going to have to join SAG. I go, really, what do I do? And I go, just sign here. And we go, oh, okay, right. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the few months later, there's another gig, you know, this one was for radio. And they said, okay, you have to join after. I'm like, all right, what's that all about? And what, it's just, you know, here, sign here. So, you know, and then afterwards, you just don't, hang on, I'm a member of Equity, Second City of the Equity House, right? Right. Actors Equity and, and SAG and after, and I, I guess I'm an actor. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and did, did you not audition at all when you were in Chicago? Were you doing Second City? Did you not audition for Other stuff? anything else? No. No, you didn't. Okay. No. I mean, uh -huh. the odd movie or something, you know. And did you get anything? I got a movie. Uh, I don't think I auditioned them. Uh, my bodyguard. Oh, no, Somewhere in Time and My Bodyguard. You were in Somewhere in Time? No, that's the oh. No, wait, a yes and no. I because, love that movie, yeah. Yeah, see, um, I was cut. And, and uh, um, but I'm still, I still get residuals and. Um, I love it. And I'm still in the credits, like what? second in the credits because. Uh, what? The part, well, the part that got cut was that before it was uh it was i brought my whole family to the premiere in chicago and uh i have a story like this oh god <laughs> yeah tell tell and, and they uh the movie starts and uh, the credits roll and and i said oh my god I'm, I'm not in it and my brothers and sisters are like what what do you mean you're not in it it just started. I said, yeah, but the part that I in that I'm in, we've, they've moved past that. They they cut that bit, I guess. And uh, so there you go. Uh, but my bodyguard, I, I did make the cut. And what was your? I, I love that movie too. But okay, it's been a, a few years. What was your part in that? I was a janitor, a, a maintenance man in the hotel, Martin Mall's hotel. Um, the Ambassador East is what it was. Uh, uh huh. Chicago, yeah. So, okay, so you, you so you do that in Chicago. So then, what gets you to 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 go out to Los Angeles? Right. So Bernadette uh, got this pilot. Are you guys? Are you're already obviously you're already yeah, a couple and okay. we're uh, we're married at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is 1980 or 79, and uh, I was in the resident company at second city mm -hmm. she was doing uh, sexual perversity in chicago at wow. the organic, organic theater no, the apollo apollo theater great show and um uh <laughs> so uh off she goes and i'm um, watching the boys we had two boys from bernadette's previous marriage and um then she comes back and she says you know i i think we ought to consider moving to LA and because you know she had you know a lot of people were interested managers and agents and did you have a manager or an agent by the way at this point no no um, and so uh I mean I had a Chicago agent um but uh well that counts it does count yeah yeah that counts. Be, uh, yeah yeah that, it wasn't uh, a big deal as far as the LA people were concerned, though. They're like, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, oh, yeah. And so uh, 
I said, uh, sure, because I, you know, at this point I'd been at Second City for six years. And uh, uh, so it's really, it was time to move on. I was 32, I think. Wait, I have uh, another question to interject here. Are your, is your family, are your parents proud of you? Are they happy with what you're doing? Do they think oh, yeah. this is good? Yeah. They, they do. Yeah. Once I actually got in the resident company and, you know, it, it's a steady gig, you know, it, it's not. Yeah. You get fired like me. <laughs> um, you know, it's a uh, it's 52 weeks a year. Uh, well, equity insists you take a two week vacation, but um, you know, it's, it's steady work. Yeah. So they were uh, happy and I uh, was in everybody's good graces. And, and so uh, off we go to, uh, to California. Now, do either and, of uh, you have, does Bernadette have a gig promise? Do either of you have work? In LA? No, no. I mean, she had this pilot, and then of course it didn't get picked up. And uh, oh, I shot a pilot then, and it did not get picked up. And so, uh, who got you the pilot? Did your Chicago agent get you the pilot? I think it just was through Second City. It was something mm -hmm. Second City developed, and then, uh, and then there was a, there was. There was a, a development deal was offered, right? And uh, my agent, oh, then I signed with an agent. And Are you guys like a commodity when you come out here because you have this experience with Second City, which has birthed so much talent? Are you, are you respected when you get out here because of that? I would think there's some cachet to it. Yes, yes, there indeed was. It was, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, we, I was just super lucky, Bernadette, to, you know, we, we were, the timing was right. Saturday Night Live had just broken, you know, a couple of years before and or three or four years before, but still, it, you right. know, it couldn't have been a sweeter setup for, you know, people were interested in, in representing us. So that was cool. And um, so, uh, Brandon offers me a development. I had okay, so wait, wait, where is Brandon and where yeah, in his Brandon career? Okay, so we're in that in that early workshop together in right. 73, 1973. Wow. And and then Brandon disappeared. And I was like, oh, whatever happened to Brandon? I, huh. I never meant to say, you know, I never got to say goodbye or anything. I don't know where he went. Well, where he went was uh, Fred. He was what he was at the time. He was a junior executive at the ABC owned and operated station, Channel Seven in Chicago. And um, Fred Silverman, the head of the network, had called right. him to go to New York. In that, so so Brandon left for New York. I had no idea he was a television executive. You know, he was just this guy. You know, uh, you know, cool guy. You know. Yale guy, and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, so then, you know, he has this parallel career, um, you know, stratospheric though. Right. Uh, yeah. And so then, so he offers me a development deal and- um, Brandon not, offers you a development deal. Well, it came from NBC. So, you know, I, I put this together 
I had to do the math later. Because <laughs> oh, really? um, I was like, okay, what's that all about? Well, they, they want to hold you for six months or something to try to develop something for you. I say we turn it down because uh, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, we want you to be available for other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess. Uh, you know, so that, that was felt weird to me uh, to be turning that down. But I did. You did turn it down. Yeah. And then wow. Bernie, then Bernie Solins from Second City calls me a few weeks later and says, I have a writing job for you. I'm like, oh, and you know, the actors were on strike or something at the time. Now, wait, so, did you write, did you write this in Second City? Do you guys, did you guys write your own sketches? How did that? Well, you, we improvised them and then we fine-tuned them with quite a bit of writing, uh, but. Um, but you didn't sit down to put pen to paper to create. It didn't, no. it was the opposite direction. Okay. It came from an improv that, that really worked. And right. Our director, Del Close would uh, say, I think we ought to, to try, let's try this one again tomorrow night and develop it in such and such a way. Um, but, uh, um, so Bernie calls me for this writing job and says, uh, yeah, we're going to do a sitcom, you and Tim Kazerinsky and Mary Gross, and the three of us are going to write it. And um, and I, I was like, okay, you know, he could pay me, blah, blah, blah. And so I went back to Chicago and started uh, working with those guys. And we shot it. Of course, it, it laid there. It didn't work. Now, wait a minute. You have no experience really writing scripts. No. But you, this is Fearless George again. Here we go. Forget Curious George. You're Fearless <laughs> George. Okay. So um, then I put two and two together, and it's for NBC. So the, the gig I passed on as an actor that Brandon was developing, uh, that had me, he had me in mind. For, he, he, that I was writing it, but I had passed on it as an actor, and then I did it as an actor. So wow. it was just a dumbass. It's just a weird, <laughs> you know, weird. I, I've been very lucky. Not just lucky. My mother had a convent of nuns, cloistered nuns, praying for my career. <laughs> she would she would send them pizzas and give them nice donations and, and they prayed for my career. Well, it didn't oh. hurt. It didn't hurt, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't work. That part doesn't work. That show doesn't work. I'm friends with Michael Gross, by the way, Mary's brother. Yeah. Um, he's lovely. Okay, so... You know what the project actually came out to, to be? Something like Family Ties. Because... Uh, um, Wait, had you and Tim moved. and Mary done Second City together? Did you guys yeah. know each other? Okay, uh-huh. Yeah, and so... Um, what was the premise? Two former hippies and their pal, um, you know, bachelor pal, moves in with them or something. And but but what was the interesting part was the kids. See, we didn't have any kids, so when I saw Family Ties, I was like, oh, that's how they. That's still Brandon's baby. I mean, uh, Gary wow. Gary David Gober wrote it, of course, uh, very well, mind you, and. Uh, and they struck lightning with uh, their fabulous cast. And uh, so, uh, you know, it was, uh, 
you know, we, we were nothing like family ties, but it, it occurred to me that our project could have used children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or animals, one or the other. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, so, so that didn't work. So then what happens? Right. Uh, something worked. Some, somewhere, yeah, something clicked yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I'd go to, uh, Bernadette, you know, was, was and is still the one of the queens of improv in uh, LA. And um, <laughs> so she was uh, doing the comedy store players with Marty Short and wow. Robin Williams and Jim Stahl and, you know, wow. a whole bunch of Cynthia Zagetti and, but um, so Marty gets married. And uh, so we go to Marty's wedding and I run into Judith Wiener. And uh, she then decides to bring me in for soap and that was fun. And then she was casting this thing by Gary David Goldberg uh, called, she's uh, what was it called? Anyway, it was about teachers <laughs> and uh, making the grade. And uh, so that was a Paramount show, single camera Paramount show, and it didn't work. Uh, good project, but didn't, didn't get picked up. But, uh, and then I got into Cheers. Okay, so tell us about that because I, I've heard the story and that's pretty, you, you weren't brought in as Norm with this big part. What, when when you shot the pilot, what was your role in Cheers? Yeah, well, um, I went in for casting, and uh, I was meant to be because I was already on this making the grade with Gary Goldberg. And um, <clears throat> oh, was that that wasn't just a pilot, or it was just a pilot? No, no it, there was six episodes, uh, nope. a mid-season thing, and. You know, I thought we were golden because it was Paramount, uh, CBS. We were on after Mash at nine thirty. Oh wow! Uh, and you had you had a a, a primary yeah. role. Yeah, the series regular. Yeah. Um, and uh, so my agent called and said, "Honey, they they want you to do this uh, role on Cheers." It's really small though, uh, but you like those guys. It's Jim Burroughs and the Charles Brothers member from Taxi. I go, oh yeah, those guys were cool on Taxi. And uh, she said, yeah, you know, it's really small though, but I think you ought to do it. And I was like, oh yeah, well, sure. How small? She said, uh, it's, uh, it's one line really. I go, oh, okay. All right, well, uh, it's actually one word. <laughs> You know, actually, it's one syllable. <laughs> and of course, the word was beer. <laughs> and, uh, so I was to play Shelly's first customer. Um, and she goes, uh, oh, this is in the tag after she'd been hired. And she says, uh, hello, my name's Diane. I'll be your waitress. Well, I'm not really a waitress. I'm an academic. I'm this and that. <laughs> you know, she goes on for like a four paragraphs <laughs> and uh and then she goes oh i'm sorry i should be taking your order what can i get you and i go beer <laughs> and she goes beer perfect and that was the end of the show and wow. so um 
the late Steve Kozak um, was the casting director, original casting director of Cheers. And he says, uh, yeah, that's, uh, we can't really get a feel, that's too small. Here, read this other role. And uh, so that was George, the other role. And- uh, What was the George, who was the George character? Norm. But it was called George. It's called George, yeah. And they changed it uh, when I got it. Um, that works so much. I can't imagine people screaming, George, it's not the same as Norm. Yeah, Norm, yeah. Norm just kind of works better. Yeah. And then, and then it wasn't until about maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years ago or something. Uh, you know, I found out something that I, I really, I didn't know. Because um, they, they said, uh, oh, they, they invited me, uh, Glenn and Les and Jimmy were doing a symposium at uh, UC Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. And so they asked me to come on as a surprise guest, like midway through the program. So uh, they, and I'm fascinated by those guys anyway. Uh, so I was sitting in the wing watching the whole thing. And uh, then I was going to come on when they uh, beckoned or whatever. Um, and so one of the questions in the symposium, they said, now, uh, did you um, did you have anybody in mind when you were uh, casting Cheers? And they go, oh, God, no, no. We, we had, we saw everybody in town. We, it was meticulous wow. casting for months. Everyone in New York and Chicago and LA, we saw everybody um uh but the, you know but uh ria you know we did have ria in mind mm -hmm. and george as a what what wow. now now i find this out wow and that's why the role was named george wow i know i know now is this is this based on the little bit they saw you attacks where where did yes. they come Yes. Well, well, yes, from Taxi and also from Making the Grade, which was a, another Paramount show. Now, I, I'm wise enough to know that they were seeing other people, too, and I know a couple of them, uh, but um, they did have me in the back of their mind for, uh, for George slash Norm. So that was... And then the, I, I seem to recall also a story that... that Cliff was oh, not yeah. even a Cliff wasn't even a character in the show, was he? That's the best part, actually. Better than way better than my audition uh, was because uh, he went in for my for George, and uh, he had just had a, like a ten year improv career in the UK. Oh, yeah, and um, so he had just moved to LA, and and there he was. And um, I mean, he's not an Englishman, but he just uh, right lived and worked there for 20, 10 years, whatever. And um, so in he comes and he can tell it's not going well. And so uh, it was sort of like, well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, off he, he literally, not figuratively, literally has one foot out the door and he pops his head back in and says, uh, do you guys have a bar know-it-all? And they're going, no, what do, you, what do you mean? And he starts improvising in that wow, character. Wow, gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that became 
cliff. Um, wow. Yeah. So they wrote him in based on that ballsy act right there. They, they, wrote, the, they wrote the role in, yeah. And they named it after Jimmy Burrow's wife's uh, gynecologist. <laughs> a guy that's named a, Cliff Clayton. That's a, that's, a, that's a good piece of trivia right there. And did you guys yeah. have instant chemistry, you and John? Were you, how, 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 the whole cat, I mean, what a magical cast all the way across. Was that, did that develop over time? Was that instantaneous? What was happening there? Well, Jim Burroughs was what was happening. And mm-hmm. also, also Glenn and Les, you know, just the, the quality of the, of the writing, you, you couldn't, you, it's really hard when, you know, they're just nailing these, this ridiculously, you know, just sweet spot jokes that, um, you know, it, it's enough to create chemistry for everybody. So it started with the writing and with the work and it bled into life? <laughs> for, um, yeah, you know, I mean, we were all newcomers. Nicolas Santo less so, because but he was mostly on the other side of the camera. He was a TV director for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he acted as well. He was a really good actor, but uh, most of his career was spent as a director. Uh, so and the rest of us were just complete newcomers. So I know that it it, it won the Emmy for best sitcom the first year, didn't I think it did, right? So did you guys know right out of the gate, lightning in a bottle, this is it, this is a hit, we are, were your ratings great right from the get-go? Oh, we were last. You were last. We were dead last, yeah. Yeah, so it was always touch and go. <laughs> when did that, just, sh- did it remember? shift when you won the Emmy? Is that when it, what shifted it? Uh, it might have shifted yeah, I think the Emmy uh, was cool and helped. And then reruns helped because um, the, 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 the show that was kicking their ass was um, CBS had uh, Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. And oh then fo- followed by, um, shoot, I can't remember the show, but it, it was another detective show with uh, dreamy, dreamy uh, men. Gerald McGraney, <laughs> Gerald McGraney and, um, and sorry, senior moment, uh, Simon and Simon. Could that okay. be a show? Could yeah. be. I don't know. I was watching <laughs> Cheers, so I can't tell you. Yeah. And uh, so, so it picked up, you know, th- that was sort of a mystery, right? Um, show. Um, and if people had already seen it, because uh, no one was watching our show. So, but, but it picked up uh, during reruns. And then suddenly in the third season, um, even though we were, you know, well received, right, it was not till uh, Bill Cosby um, led off the night and was just a smash hit right out of the gate that we were on easy street for the next, you know, seven or eight years. Wow. Um, so Nick Guzman wants to know if there was a favorite episode of you if did you have a favorite episode was that's like asking who's your favorite kid i mean i know that has to be impossible but well no i do things that's oh you do okay good yeah and it's it's really an obscure one um 
but I, I really liked um, when the boys all decided to go skydiving. <laughs> and uh, we, all, we all chickened out. It's called, <laughs> called Jumping Jerks, and it was a Levine and Isaacs episode. Wow. Yeah, and uh, so we're up in the plane, and just the boys, right? And, um, and uh, we, we all chicken out to a man. I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping. Uh, you, that's nuts. Totally. Okay, all right. Let's just turn this thing around. We'll go back to the airport. But we can't tell people at the bar that we chickened out. Right. So, yeah, no, we can't. No, no, we can't do that. So we've got to come up with a story and we've got to be able to stick to it. Right. Because, you know, we don't want to get trapped. But I want to find out about this. Right. So we got to be able to stick to it. So it's got to be simple and believable. Simple, believable. Sam goes, I've got it. We jumped. The parachutes opened and we landed. Simple, believable, right. We jumped for everybody. Okay, we jumped. The parachute <laughs> opened and we landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get back to the bar and we're like, whoo, man, I never felt so alive. <laughs> we're high-fiving and drinks for the house. And oh, how was it? Oh, you kidding me? It was great. What do you mean? How was it? It was great. And then Carla, skeptical, she corners Woody. She goes, Woody, how was it? And Woody goes, what, what? We jumped, the parachutes open, and we landed. It was all very simple and believable. <laughs> that sounds really familiar. I'm sure, no, I saw it. I saw them all. Yeah. How funny. That's hysterical. And uh, Nick also wanted to know, did you have a favorite normal? I mean, there's... I watched one video today that was just nor it was just like a thousand norms norm no it was like every entrance you made did was there an episode that of yours that that really featured norm that stuck that stood out for you well <clears throat> probably uh the, the best one of those was uh <laughs> where I got a job at uh, you know, with some, I guess, an accounting firm, and uh, uh, the, the job, the boss liked me. I was a terrible accountant, but uh, <laughs> but I, I was a good hatchet man because he had to, me firing people, uh, letting them know that they had to be let go, and uh, I, I was so empathetic that I would burst into tears when um, whenever <laughs> I so. Um, <laughs> when I was firing them. And um, so uh, it was called The Executive's Executioner. And uh, it was written by Heidi Perlman, Rhea's sister. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, George, how much has it... I, I'm guessing that it's a mixed blessing, this norm thing like that has followed you, I'm sure, to this day. It follows you. Is it a pleasure? Is it crazy making? Is it both? Is it a pain in the ass? Is it fun? I mean, because I would imagine everywhere you go, you're getting normed. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what what is that like for you? Because it's such an iconic, there aren't a lot of actors that have that kind of recognition in their career. What has that been like for you? Uh, it was intense for uh, a while, um, but not in 
you know, the last 20 years. I mean, I don't even look that much like Norm anymore. Yes, you do. My my little brother really looks like Norm because he's like (laughs) 14 years younger than me. And, uh, (laughs) but, um, you know, it was, it was a thrill. What can I say? You know, did it stop me from, you know, being like a, that amorphous actor that can be a chameleon, you know, getting in and out of roles, you know, probably, I guess. But um, I don't know. You've done a lot of that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I, I don't, I mean, you were fucking Edna. I mean, you've done some, you were <laughs> Willie Loman. I mean, you've done things far away from Norm. So yeah. it obviously hasn't stopped you from that. But speaking of your family, so I did not know this until recently. You had, your sister's son is Jason Sudeikis. And I just saw the funniest, I just saw um, the funniest sketch that you guys did on Conan, where you brought oh, yeah. your whole family to have Thanksgiving. And he's like this young pisser in that sketch. He scored. Very funny in it Yeah, though. he scored in it, yeah. He's really funny. Um, did you, did you help, help make that happen? Did you? Really? I mean, you know, I, only the, in the sense that, you know, he realized somebody like us could could do that that sort of thing, you know. And he, you know. He but he also to, followed your path because he did Second City, also, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Second City and you know the usual suspects of I/O and uh, Boom Chicago and Amsterdam and um, that sort of thing. Well, for, so for my money, a, Ted Lasso, um, the best show on television this year, just the most heart yeah. warm, yeah. It, just a beauty. He was yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant show. Oof. Yeah. Um, I miss yeah. it. I, I actually right. wept when I watched the last episode. It was so good. Anyway, um, so how did you then, you, without having dramatic background how did you then get that first Broadway show I, I think you started actually on Lon- in London in art is that correct that it started that you started you made your board's yes. debut in London so how did how did you make that segue um, I'm not quite sure uh, <laughs> okay. you know, they, um, you know uh, they were interested and uh but what made them, I mean, well, you were doing some, you were doing some drama on TV. You were in Columbo, you played a murder. I mean, you'd done some straight acting, not well, just comedy. Arts, arts are comedy, uh, by the way. But oh, it, that's, you know, that's it's right. a fancy, fancy comedy, but a, a comedy. But it's I mean, a clever, but it's clever and, well, but Cheers was clever. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, it's not a, it wasn't a, it's not a broad comedy, uh, but a lot of laughs in art. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, uh, they flew me to New York to, to look at the show, and I was knocked out and uh, by it, and went out to dinner, I guess, with Matthew Warchus, the director, and he offered it to me in London. <clears throat> and uh, so it was uh, Stacy Keach, who's awesome. Wow. And the late David Dukes, also mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, I did it for about, we did it for about six months in London. And then, then we went to Broadway and for some reason, Stacy and Dukes weren't available. 
and so I did it in on Broadway with Judd Hirsch and Joe Morton. Unbelievable and then, cast. In about another six months in New York, and then then the three of us, me and Judd and Joe, were you know we were all ready to go. All had our wardrobe and everything, and then we went back to London, did it again. Wow! So uh, it was it was a blast. It was great, great it's a piece, great role. Was it a thrill to make your Broadway debut? Was that as thrilling as it sounds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd already done West End, so you know, I was like, "Yeah, Broadway, <laughs> that's for pictures." You know, I, I, I'm an actor. You know, I've been trotting the boards with Gilgood and Olivier, and, um, but um, yeah, no. So Broadway was cool, uh, really cool, and then back to London. And so, how about doing a Broadway music? I mean, were you in the least bit terrified to do that? To do Edna Turnblad? I mean, yeah, that's that's a huge leap of faith. What did you? They came to you. Did they come to you? Is that how that no, happened? No. What What happened was they were casting the the tour, the Broadway tour, mm -hmm. and uh, so they were interested in me for that, and uh, and then. And, I was interested, you know, because I thought it was, you know, it'd be fun. And, uh, uh, but I didn't get it. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Walsh got it. And uh, he killed it. And uh, then, oh, then I, you know, what I did was uh, 12 Angry Men. Uh, With instead. Richard Thomas, I saw. Yeah. And okay, so now there you go. Finally, a drama. Okay, so that's kind of a, did they come to you or did you go to them? Yeah, they came to me. And um, so then, so they did that tour for like a year. And uh, and then uh, all of a sudden Broadway came up uh, for uh, Hairspray. So um, so I went back to Broadway. And, and, wow. Uh, um, it was, uh, Edna was such an amazing role. I mean, you know, and it is, it will always be Harvey's role. Um, we just sublet it, you know, these other people. Um, <laughs> you but, do a great uh, Harvey, by the way. I heard you do Harvey. <laughs> well, I don't do Harvey. I do John Lovitz doing Harvey. <laughs> but um, uh, that's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I, and you can't, Look, the, the dance moves were once again for a middle-aged obese man, so not that hard. And uh, yeah, and vocally, I just had to, uh, you know, be like as good as Harvey. And, did did you, know, you did you study? Did you have a coach? Did you have a vocal coach to help you? I might have, but the musical director really, um, you know, he, they take over when you're in rehearsals. You know, they. So, you know, I could have had all the coaching in the world. Um, and I did. Carol Weiss helped me with uh, a couple of things, uh, coach, musical coaching. Mm -hmm. And um, she's L.A. based and she's awesome. Um, and uh, but, yeah, it, the musical. I mean, and it, it's funny, like I'm not a singer, you know, but if you, he tells you an image like I had this one top note that I couldn't hit. And uh, and uh, he said, "Well, you, you you got it. You you were doing it in in uh, in, the, in our warm ups. You were going higher than that note." 
And I'm like, yeah, but I can't get, and he goes, it's Merman. <laughs> and I go, no, ah! you know, I can't do it now, but you know, cause I've been gabbing, blabbing for an hour. <clears throat> but uh, uh, if you get the, the mental image, you know, as an actor of Merman, right. then, you know, all the vocal coaching in the world goes out the window. You just start doing Merman. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no yeah i got yeah. Uh, speaking of music uh snuffy walden says george won't remember me but please give him my regards oh snuffy, god do you know snuffy yes, i know who he is yeah yes mm-hmm. um so so now so the reason that we're doing this on tuesday is because you are doing a movie before we get into what you're doing right now i just want to ask you a little bit about your covid protocol because the people who watch my show, I started this thing, not game changers, but shooting the shit in, in the pandemic. I just started going live every day because there was nothing else to do because we were all home. And I have this bunch of people called the COVID crazies. And I literally didn't leave my house for like a year. So what, what were you and Bernadette up to? How have you handled this pandemic thing? Well, um, it kind of, after a few months of it, you know, I mean, like, look, I'm an actor, you know, I'm used to being out of work for a, a few random months, you know, uh, right. here and there, all that, you know, happens all the time. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, the months kept building. And I thought, God, I guess, I guess this is what retirement must feel like. <laughs> and uh, it's not so bad. You know, so you were somebody who liked to do nothing once upon a time. So did you take to doing nothing again? Was that like a good thing for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I broke my day down into periods. You know, like uh, you know, (laughs) coffee, newspapers. You know, and then you know, like maybe uh, get on the treadmill or the exercise bike. Then maybe, then maybe take a little nap. You know, maybe you know. So it was. were you guys binging TV like the rest of us? Were you binging things? I was. I was well, Ted Lasso, and uh, oh god, I, I I kind of fell in with Peaky Blinders. That was cool. I haven't uh, seen Peaky Blinders. I've heard good things. Yeah, it's it's really it's uh, you know I really liked it. Burnett, not so much, but um, uh, you know it's it's really violent and everything. But are you watching Ozark? That's all I want to know. You know, I should be, and I'm not, but it, oh. I, 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 have a, I know I've got to get on there. Uh, I, I'm t- I, I just went back and watched season three again. Ozark is like, it's, it's gold. It's gold. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a good I, one. I love those guys, yeah. I it's mean, it's I, worthy I, of, your, of your attention. Yeah. Um, okay, so were you guys, okay, so after we got out of lockdown, did you guys have a bubble? Did you see your kids? Did you go oh. out to restaurants? What were you doing? No, we didn't. We didn't. We don't go out to restaurants anyway because, you know, I just norm. Yeah, I got it. I don't care. You know, it's just <laughs> anyway. I'm, uh, but Bernadette's fearless. She'll go anywhere, do anything, and she was great. You know, she she went, you know, single-handedly. She would go to you know right when everyone's really freaked out. You know, she get in line with the seniors, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, you know, she <laughs> is a senior. And um, as am I, you know, and it'd be like, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, she'd come home and she'd wash every apple and every, 
you know, cucumber and every, you know, and, and she would leave her shoes outside and she would strip naked and put it in the, uh, in the immediately in the washing machine and take a shower and, you know, and uh, so I, I, I did nothing, you know, I, I just sat around and, and uh, yeah. So when did that change for you? Because you are working now. Yeah. When when was your first gig in this deal? Uh, one of my uh, compadres from Saturday Night Live days. Uh, oh, we uh, haven't even Robert, talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Robert Smigel, a tremendous comedy writer. Um, he, uh, you know, he does Triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh, yes. Yeah. SNL, Conan, you know, uh, his writing is amazing. And he 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 does these specials, so that was my first job. I did two of those. Um, uh, they're puppets, uh, really eerie puppets. Um, uh, you know, he he's big on puppets and animals, yeah. anthropomorphism. Did I say that right? But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, triumph and, and all. So you of so you, where did you shoot those? Um, so, Somewhere, one of those older Hollywood studios. That okay, so you were local. Yeah. yeah and, local. and did it, were you anxious about going back to work? And yeah, on a yeah. Set? it was my first COVID test. Uh, you know, they came to the house and swabbed me out. And, and uh, you know, it's like, you know, people are right up in your face. It was a little daunting. I mean, they're all masked and they're all tested. But, right. uh, you know, you can't really you know, keep a long distance relationship with hair and makeup and props and, you know, everybody, you know, there's, you know, there's a hundred people on a soundstage. How, how, how long ago was that? How into the pandemic was that? Not very long. Cause it was before the, uh, before the uh, election in 2020. Oh, so you've been working back to work a long time. And have have either you or Bernadette gotten sick since gotten the COVID? no? I think Bernadette. She she's convinced she had it uh, very very early, like um, the first week of January of twenty um, twenty. Is that the year? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. uh, she was sick as hell for a couple of weeks, and I don't know how I didn't get it. Although I did have body aches in that same time frame. And uh, you know, I might have got a like a small viral load from her or something. Um, and so have your kids? Are you have your kids stayed healthy? And and my daughter uh, lives in New York, and she uh, she's gotten it uh, this new one. Uh, but oh, the Omicron, yeah. yeah. But she's she's over, and her boy, her fiance, had it, and you know, so. Uh, but yeah. Not okay, so lot. now you're working currently. Okay, so before we talk about the now, we got to talk about Saturday Night Live just for a moment because wow, um, your appearances iconic on Saturday Night The Bears. I mean, as much as Norm is Norm, the, the Bears, that whole thing is just as iconic. Was was that as fun for you as it was for us to watch? Yeah, it, you know, I think about the luck I've had, you know. It, to, to get a role where, you know, I needed to look like a guy who wanted to have another beer, uh, you know, <laughs> that, it's like, all right, that I can do. And, um, and then to, to get, be a guy who eats Polish sausage and drinks beer, 
and smoke cigars and roots for the bears and the bulls. You know, like I'm, I'm from the south side of Chicago, you know, like I live these, uh, this is my family, you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it was like really lucky uh, to be cast in, in a couple of, um, you know, super fun roles that are uh, right in my wheelhouse. And doing that again and again with Chris Farley and Mike Myers. Yeah, and Mike. yeah you know, we're still doing those characters. It's uh, for the odd commercial or the odd charity event or, uh, you know, it's it, so it's, it's fun. So fun. Okay, so uh, to present day. So what, what uh, you're working on a, on, a, on a movie? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a movie. It's sort of a Christmas movie, but sort of the anti-Hallmark uh, Christmas movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, <laughs> You've played Santa a lot. You've played Santa quite a few times, haven't you? Yeah, I'm not Santa in this, but um, yeah, I have um, played Santa and Elf, the musical. Yes, on Broadway. Not bad, but also on film, yeah. you've, you've yeah. played Santa. Yeah, yeah. a couple, couple times. And, and, and on Colbert, I was, uh, <laughs> I did a crazy Santa on Colbert, and uh, where I got in a knife fight with a bear and uh, came down the chimney and and uh, I cut cut open the bear. I gutted the bear, and Elvis Costello came out as as Bob Cratchit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like completely trippy uh, Santa episode. <laughs> um, somebody's asking if there's been talk of a Cheers reunion. No, <clears throat> I I don't think it's going to happen. No. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe some kind of, I, I don't know, you know, it's not certainly, not, oh, a reboot, uh, you know, uh, Paramount and, uh, you know, they love, uh, you know, CBS, I guess, owns it now or something, but it's, it's they love uh, brands, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they exploit their brand. Right. Um, and it'd be fun to see, you know, if you know, who would get cast and all that, you know, that's certainly not us, we know that. But um, in terms of, you know, getting the geezers back together, I, <laughs> I, I don't see it happening. Um, the boys, you know, we, we were all game for it, but um, Glenn and Les and Jimmy, they, I think they wanna stand pat on what they created. Is there something, is there a part, George, that, I mean, is there something you would, long to do you you've worked so much is there something you'd lo like would you like to do a netflix series would you is there something that's calling that you would still like to do um, yeah you know uh um not you know uh, i i just like to work you know i like to be surprised i don't you know have a, a wish list you know false staff I was going to say, is there a part, a play, a part in a play that you're like, okay, yeah. like, do, like, did you have your sights on Willie Loman? I mean, is there something? No, I did not. But, um, but you know, when it, when the offer came, I was like, okay, and uh, um, I really just was uh, overwhelmed by how I never shut up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Willie. <laughs> okay, so how do you do? All right, how did you do that? How? I mean, I have get senior moments. How did you learn all that dialogue? What did you do? You know, I faked it. Uh, you know, a little bit. <laughs> it's funny because the, there were these uh, snarky guys who were sitting in the front row of the first preview, and uh, after the show, they said, "Well, you." You know most of it. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say about eighty-five percent of it. <laughs> I mean, I know a hundred percent of it, but not all in the right order. Uh, do you have Do you have a trick? I mean, is there a trick? Is there a? I mean, at this stage of life, how the hell do you memorize all that? I don't know. I mean, I. I Filmmaking is not as much fun as stage, but I am, you know, looking right behind you. I have on my laptop screen the scenes I have to do tomorrow. And, you know, it's like a page and a half, page and a half there, here, page and a half there, you know, three-eighths of a page. Okay. You know, you don't really have to spend a lot of time learning those. And there's a lot of improv on this movie. I was pleasantly surprised. Is it comedy? A, it's oh, comedy. Yeah. It is a comedy, yes, because you said it's the anti-Christmas movie, so of course it's comedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot of raunch. A lot of raunch, a lot of sex. Not nice. Really. And yeah. and is there anything past that that you have? Yeah. Going to New York, uh, going to New York uh, as soon as I finish this for a new musical, uh, a new musical workshop of a new musical. That's so exciting. Yeah. Are, are you playing a man this time or what do you Yeah, well, interesting you say that because I play I'm playing a man who cross-dresses uh, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Oh my a musical about J. Edgar Hoover? No, no, no. Uh, it's a musical about Alan Freed, the ah. uh, legendary DJ, radio DJ. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. No. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover sort of uh, drummed him out of the business with uh, charges of payola. Yes, I remember that story. Handle, yeah, and um, it's 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 a fever dream. It's it's cool. It's a cool piece. There um, was a movie about Alan Freed and about that I'm whole sure. thing. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a really good film, actually. But it yeah. kind of told that story, so maybe there's some of that in there. Well, that's yeah, really thrilling. Once again, this is this is a comedy though, and, and a musical, and you know, there's. Well, I haven't seen this iteration. Uh, we did it uh, in the Berkshires a uh, couple of summers right before COVID, and uh, now this is uh, a new. Um, you know, they they revamped and retooled and. So are you in training, George? Are you like, are you kicking up your heels? Are you vocalizing? Are you no, doing no. You know, once again, <laughs> the choreographers just look at me and go, "All right, you, you, you know, you stand there." Like, and and uh, you know, all these singers and dancers, triple threat. You know, these they're uh, they're uh, working their asses off, and uh, I just stand there. <laughs> I love it. Well, George. Thank you so, so much for doing this. I know it's your day, only one day off here. And 
I really appreciate it. I've been chasing you for nine years and <laughs> thank you for, uh, for letting me bring this to fruition. And I, it, it's been lovely getting to know you. Great. Well, thank you. And I look forward to everything uh, that you have coming up and uh, have a safe and healthy uh, rest of your time there in Utah. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>